feature presentation. Welcome back to another untitled TIFF 22 review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. I like movies, Matt. I do also like movies, Eric. That's did, why we're doing this. Did you rent a lot of movies growing <laughs> oh up as a kid? Oh my God, this movie. Yeah, today we are reviewing Chandler Levac's I Like Movies, which is having its world premiere at the 2022 Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, quick note before, I just want to be transparent. I We do both know Chandler a little bit. You I, I, more so than yeah. me. I've never um, had any interactions other than online. I just know her through, she was also a film critic. Yeah. And we, we saw her at screenings and uh, my wife Nevis knows her and things like that. That being said, like I'm not super close with Chandler. Chandler. she's great but like i just know her from uh screenings and stuff like that but we are going to uh review her movie today so i just wanted to be transparent it is someone we actually personally know a little bit so i just wanted to get that out of the way uh take that with a grain of salt whatever you want we will always be honest about uh everything that we review but i just wanted to be upfront with that but yeah eric i did uh rent a lot of movies uh in the mid 2000s and uh in the gta so this movie was essentially um made for people uh like that <laughs> who yeah. grew up in this area who lived through that era was about the same age as well especially um, the suburbs yeah. of the G like like the greater toronto Any suburbs, area i'm sure it's pretty universal yeah. it's a, a lot of american suburbs and stuff but, but brampton specifically yeah. in this even though you know shout out to ajax the burlington uh, you mean uh, burlington pardon me the brampton yeah. sorry uh there, there's there's my own uh, uh ignorance coming in in terms of you know suburban uh, locations but yeah um brampton but also like you know you watch the movie and then you see the end credits and they shot in places like etobicoke and ajax in uh, Ajax, the the Harwood Plaza, uh, which is uh, very close to where my grandparents live. So, um, for the exterior shot of uh, the sequel store, uh, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with this because watching the kind of teaser that was released and going into this, you know, you're, you're looking at that era and you wonder, like, oh, is this something that is going to, like, you know cut to the bone a little bit like is this going to be too real where like you know you you go in and you were think you like kid, was i and you know what to some degree i think no, i was a little yeah, bit I know. you know it, i'm it, sure i was too like thinking that like when you're in high school especially when you're at the end of high school you know you're struggling to find an identity and be something and then when you do have a reputation or you're known for something you kind of embrace that to the point sometimes where it's being obnoxious and, and extreme yeah. and like and I, doubling down on those extremes yeah and i feel the, an, a dumb kid exactly and i feel the lawrence queller character uh as a as a truck goes by really embodies that perfectly oh, totally. where you know he is a kid in his final year of high school and he wants to go to nyu and become you know the next martin scorsese the 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 next great filmmaker um he doesn't want to settle or compromise and you know the movies that he watches and the movies that you know he recommends to people are films that are a tough sell no matter what. Um, there's one film in particular that he recommends to a couple when he goes to the video store that's in, again, in the trailer, um, that is amazing. <laughs> the Todd Salons thing? Todd Salons' yeah. um, uh, happiness, yeah. where, like, that's the kind of I movie laugh, I would have recommended to somebody. That's the first guttural laugh I had in the movie. And it's, it is one of those, you know, filmy jokes, which is really funny. But it, but also, it also works perfectly because it's one of those... I, I feel like this is one of those 
references to a film where it could have been a, a happiness, a, sure. a Noah Baumbach or, or Todd Salant's movie where, mm-hmm. you know, the character is so unlikable yeah. and to the point where the filmmaker treats them like crap. Yeah. And it's not that. No. You know, Lawrence is a guy who is still young, still figuring things out, and the movie's not afraid to call him out on his bullshit, but at the same time, it's also empathetic towards him. Yeah. It still realizes that he's going through he's a lot. He's young and he's still learning about himself and the world and like and not to be this kid and like I think that his journey throughout it is, you know, um really earned and and like you said it never kind of just punches down on him and just kind of treats him like shit even though he's treating other people like shit because again he's a he's at 17 he doesn't know any better almost at that time that's no excuse too he needs to learn and throughout the movie he does but um yeah it really hit it hit home man like I, I i got into movies like later like it wasn't until i guess you know probably about his age is when i really started to get uh more into film rather whatever um but uh i it really hit hard because like it taking place yeah in burlington and you know both you and i grew up in the gta and frequented blockbusters every week we were those kids that would i'd go to blockbuster almost every day walk around be that annoying kid that would ask is this movie in or is this video game in because i was also a, a video game kid um and yeah i was a little bit of a you know even going into college like uh, at his age was like i was that little bit like you you had your opinion on everything and you needed to share it and you needed to double down on it and, and you, you knew you were to, right and yeah and you were right about everything like again i remember how i treated when avatar came out and you needed to be not necessarily intentionally a contrarian but if you didn't like something or you thought you knew more about something than someone you had to tell them about it and you had to double down on it and maybe i wasn't to the extreme um as in this movie but maybe i was and you know i grew up and learned from all of that stuff too and i think the movie does a really honest like job about all of that and i I really liked it for that yeah watching this movie i wanted to apologize to everyone who put up with my bullshit as a teenager it reminded me more of you than maybe of me but like because he's he's really into movies at that time which you you also were right like you were this kid maybe not to no some of the but but then again like you you don't know because you're looking you're you're looking at this character who again you know is is you know very enthusiastic uh, passionate about you know films and and we learn maybe more so why he's put himself completely uh into it as as we go along and as we learn you know about some of the more tragic elements yeah. of the character but how he's even exploiting those elements and and it's still something where you know the film treats him like a human being unlike you know some todd salon's movies or noah Baumbach or even you know this will probably remind some people as well as like something like you know rushmore you know mm-hmm the the Jason Schwartzman character a little bit um but the whole time um you know the characters surrounding him and the world that Lawrence you know lives in is something dogs are really excited about this movie yeah well you know uh, I like dogs yeah. and I like movies but um I think one of the things that I was really taken aback by that could be overlooked is how transportation plays a huge role in living in a small town if you don't have your license, license which, yeah, and I, you're dependent I connected with a lot yeah because like if you don't live in like 
Toronto or or, or, a, or a major city, you know, and you don't have a license, you have to depend suburbs, on, yeah, you know, yeah. friends and family to get you places. And, you know, when Lawrence is, you know, asking his mom or, or his best friend, or you know, ride around, I hit that hit yeah, way too hard. And, too. and especially when, like, you want to go to a video store and obviously sequels is his main sort of, you know, uh, stay when it comes to going to, to rent stuff. But like, like, even as a kid, like, I would have multiple video stores that I would go to because I would know, yeah. like, oh, this, you know, Blockbusters has this, but Jumbo Rogers Video has, has Jumbo, this, yeah. Ho Hollywood Videos yeah, has yeah. this, and like you I would was ask, lucky where I had all of them within walking distance. Right. So see, I would ask my 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 mom or my grandfather to drive me over there, and you know they would always be obliging, but at the same time, it's like you know that's 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 out of their schedule, and you you see that where it's like you know it's not just your world. You're so you're so self involved and self centered as a kid that you yeah. don't realize. You know that there are other people going through things as yeah, well. Yeah, grateful a little bit too, right? Yeah, which we all were. And I think again, the movie does a really honest and great job at all of that. And yeah, I have it etched in my brain, dude. Where the blockbuster was, there was a Pizza Pizza next door. You know where our new books or GNU books? Yeah, um, uh, was in Oshawa. That's right where the blockbuster was that I went. And for people who live in that area, you'd know what I'm talking about. And the Rogers video was over by the Five Points Mall. This has nothing to do with this movie, but this is. But it these brings are all those, those memories. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And I think anyone, I think it is universal to anyone who grew up in that era going to video stores as a teenager and just obsessing over it and renting, you know, I remember renting Goodfellas and watching it for the first time on DVD and stuff. Cause like, again, there were, I had this list of movies cause again, I, I watched a lot of popular movies as a kid and, and stuff like that. But when I took, started taking media arts and I started working with my uncle Mark, who's a cinematographer and he got me really into movies cause he loved them. And that's why he became a cameraman, um, where, I just remember having this giant list of stuff that I needed to catch up on. And I would go to Blockbuster and you get those seven-day rentals because they were the older movies, right? Unless they just came out on on DVD or something like that. Or even renting VHSs, uh, even, which is little predates this movie because this is in the DVD era. They have yeah. some VHS left over, right? Yeah. Because um, there's a, a good rewinding machine. I remember those rewinding machines. Be kind, rewind, everyone. Um, so, yeah, man, I just had like a really... It's just like a really enjoyable ride. I think when you get into some of the more dramatic moments of the movie, like, um, I think they all are effective. There's, you know, uh, I forget the Alana is the character. Yes. Name, right. Yes. There's, um, you know, uh, who's a, like the store manager of yeah. sequels. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think I, I love their relationship. And I know that from like when I worked at Cineplex, your relationship as like a teenager with your managers and, but you have like people who are a little bit older and younger all working together and like, and you kind of look um, up to them and you yeah. want to be them. But at the same time, like you're still kind of judgmental of them as well. Uh, it, it based on where they are in their yeah. life and you kind of think like oh I, I'm not going to be in the same position where you are yeah. you know uh, you loved working there but you were like oh this is just a temporary thing so I could get free movies or something yeah. like that because that's literally why I wanted the Cineplex job too right like working at Cineplex so um, I related hard with all of that and then now watching this movie as a 33 year old and then you kind of relate both to Alana and um, what's the main character's name? Lawrence. Lawrence. Lawrence sorry, there's so, we've seen so many movies. Everyone, like, yeah. I watched this a week ago. But uh, Lawrence and Alana, like, you you almost connect with both of them on a nostalgic standpoint and just looking back on your life. You look at Lawrence at that time, and then you look at Alana at me being in my mid thirties now, and then kind of connecting with her and in where she is in her life and like um, and what she's dealing with. So like, I really love that. Like, we're at the perfect age, and I know. Um, uh, it's exactly, I guess, for, you know, 
necessarily our age group and stuff like that and i think that just hits really hard right yeah i mean it's interesting chandler's our age so that makes sense yeah it's also just interesting again going back to the video store era because like you know indiewire recently did this whole sort of like late summer article thing um or sort of featurette on um you know the 90s yeah and i remember listening to the podcast that followed it and it was um, Eric Cohen and David Ehrlich talking about like how they grew up in the 90s and kind of felt like they were you know in the last kind of great era for movies and then like looking at this film it kind of felt like oh we're maybe we this our generation I think every generation will think that yeah though. yeah because of the because of the pre-streaming era and that this was such a communal experience as yeah. well right that you go to a video store and you know like anytime I would go to the horror section, I would always rent a movie based on the cover, the cover yeah. you know, and not know about it. But then anytime I would go to this liquidation store in Pickering, uh, where uh, a friend of ours, Peter, used to work, um, I would speak to him for probably about like two hours and annoy the owner about movies. Is that where you met Peter? Or did yeah, you know and him before and, that? and Peter, in a lot of ways, was like Alana, you oh, know, okay, where cool. like. You know, he was the insightful one, the older person that I kind of respected and, um, you know, like would recommend, like he recommended, like bring, bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia and stuff sure, like that to me the sure. first time. And, you know, you, you, you have those kind of vivid memories come back to you as, as you watch it. But even just growing up in, as we're being swarmed by pigeons <laughs> in Canada in the early 2000s, yeah. there's a couple music cues in this. Oh that, God, that are great. That hit hard. There's a cameo that hit hard for people who, who like movies and are from Canada. Um, the music cues are great. The locations and the, the, you know, I just, if you're from this area, this movie will just land. I think, and it will land for others too. Yeah, like like it, like it is like it is hard. it is Canadian in that way, but it's still universal. In, yeah, it felt like super bad yeah. or or Ladybird, like if for recent like things of just like uh, their relationship did remind me of like Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah in Superbad. It's not that movie, right. but like just the the friendship between Matt and and Lawrence and. Um, and yeah, who's his? Who's his? Kind of his uh, his his main actor. Oh my god, his, the SNL stuff yeah. like that was me, dude. Like we, I was the loser club. Like not uh, the uh, rejects uh, night. rejects night of like not going out on the weekend to a high school party, and I would watch SNL at home or my uncle Mark. Again, I would go over to his house, and we he'd, he'd be like, "You want to order a pie and watch SNL?" And like that's etched in my brain of like yeah. I would hang out with my uncle Mark and my aunt Dana before they had kids and um, and watch SNL on the weekend. That's when I was really young and then uh, even growing up is it's all of that shit landed so hard and it is genuinely funny and i think it earns all of those moments like um the only like it's real- critical without being cruel yeah, i think exactly, that's so yeah. important to kind of understand about this film is that it is critical of the character at times when when he does horrible things and treats people that are closest to him totally badly but at the same time it never treats him like, like he's a he's, monster. Yeah, anything. he's yeah. a kid, and he's gonna learn. And People he's call going, him out on his bullshit, yeah. whether it's his mom or Alana or his best friend and and shit like that. And those, like we've all been through those, and and it's good that those characters do call him out. And I co- completely agree with that. I think um, maybe the one thing critical that that, that I think like we might both be is the, some of the continuity. Yeah, because that's I was exactly thinking so it. like and 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 you know if the filmmakers want to respond to us and correct us <laughs> if we're wrong, that's totally that's totally cool. But like I was looking like the timeline of this film, so it takes place in I think two th- two thousand three, right? Because 
because because yeah. Punch Drunk Love kind of plays out on DVD, right? Yeah, but that or they movie go see it in theaters and then it comes. But out that on movie DVD. didn't open till the fall of two thousand and three theatrically. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. I think it's late two thousand three, early two thousand four. Yeah. that this movie takes place. And then there's also some movie posters like Manborg, which yeah. didn't come out until two thousand and eleven. This is like really nerdy, nitpicky stuff. Yeah. But I'm absolutely with you. Like the I noticed the Manborg thing. For me, I know it's a super low budget movie and stuff like that. So you, like I I completely understand that you gotta go because I'm sure they would have loved to have period accurate yeah. cineplex and like uh and stuff like that. But you know, it's a micro budget Canadian film. You kind of Cineplex let them shoot at a theater, you know, all this kind of stuff. Use their branding, use their cups, their popcorn bags and stuff like that. So that's all like a, a huge win. Yes. But for I rather have I rather have it be Coke than Moke, as we've talked yeah, about before. Right. And jo- Jones sodas in the yeah. movie and stuff like that. Where um the Cineplex scene, I was like, like I'm just such a I, Because you worked there too. I did work there and I worked there, you know, in the late two thousands. Um so a little probably three or four years after this movie takes place but even when i started they had those old star trek uniforms and yeah. like um and it had more of the more retro cineplex look where everything in this movie has the very modern uh you know cineplex logo cineplex theater it has the abx logo the imax logo at the uh the cinema that they they shot at and like those little things that especially because this movie is made for you know it's not made for film dorks, but I feel like a lot of people who are watching it will be that, and those are the things they might notice. And again, I know that there's probably not a way to do that where you you shoot and it looks like an old Cineplex or yeah. like with the unit. You maybe could have gotten the uniforms and, and stuff like that. The cups probably harder to do and stuff like that. And again, with a micro budget, you probably take what you can get in a lot of these things. And you but we're also assuming go. that it's a micro budget. Like they could have they could have been working with a, a decent enough budget. But we're just I'm we're just sure looking from the point of view I've, that yeah. it is an independent yeah. movie. That's right? what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there are things like that throughout the movie that like. Even in the background, you see Dollarama, Shoppers Drug Mart, and stuff like that. And, like, it's not necessarily... They did their best to shoot around that stuff to make it look like it's in 2004, when really you can tell it's 2020 or 2021, whenever they shot yeah. this. So those are, those are like, the smallest, most nitpicky things, but they do take you out of the movie a little bit right. when you see them. And I think, like, you do notice the Manborg thing. You do notice the Cineplex thing. And, like, those little things go, ooh, it takes me out of that time period because it's all about the video stores in 2004 so when you go to cineplex and it looks like i'm seeing a matinee on a saturday in, in last year it, like it does take you out a little bit so yeah but but again this is us being nitpicky for a film that Overall, we really actually enjoyable. quite liked and felt like it did you know hit a chord with us and and like even the way like it's it's sort of talking about sort of like you know male cinephilia yep. and fandom as well and like film how, bros really like, yeah I, i'm a self-proclaimed film bro at times and that's more of a self-deprecating joke thing that i say yeah and, or, but i kind of am too, or feeling so insecure about you know somebody else having an interest in it as well and maybe they don't have the same um you know film history or historical kind of background that you do but you know still kind of being interested in it and being good at it and and again like i think that final act really pays off beautifully in a way that like yeah it's more realistic than like say Rushmore in, in in so many ways, and I hate comparing it to other movies, but like I, I can see a lot of people comparing it to those films. But I think again, it, there's more humanity uh, in this film than a lot of those other movies are. Kind of more focused on aesthetic or kind of the provocative nature of kind of uh, 
you know, disturbing the audience or pushing the audience to yeah. kind of really despise the character where, you know, the character is more complicated as an individual. And as we learn more about him, we both sympathize and still kind of feel somewhat critical towards him. But again, yeah. it never treats him like he is a monster. It's he's just he's just a human being and he's just a kid trying to figure out who he is as a person. And it, you know, it never uses that as an excuse, but it, you know, it, it calls him out him, on him using certain things as excuses. Yes, and it lets him, again, learn from it, right? And the movie yeah. does a good job at showing that. And yeah, I hope young men, especially who are in film school or, you know, in high school, who really, like, maybe might check this movie out and see themselves a little bit in it and then maybe learn from it as well. Because, like, again, yeah, I, I was that idiot young guy that would... Like, I, again, I was never, I, I hope... Uh, a total asshole to people but um you know sometimes you do double and triple down on things and it makes you a bit of a prick back then so like yeah. i again i've hopefully grown up as well and i've i've eased on even being film critics is like you know you have to have an opinion and you have to you know stay true to your opinion but also just again it's but your opinion is not the be all end all yeah it's something i talked about on that uh comic boys podcast i did with uh khalil and and like a film criticism and i'm like yeah you just don't be an asshole and like even when you're that young don't be an asshole like luckily you know you'll see in the movie how the character deals with it but like um i think that's the biggest thing is like it's great to love movies but be inclusive and 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 well, uh, also just listen to people listen to right people like i think like that's a big you, yeah. takeaway it's like listen to your mom listen to your friends yeah, listen to your a part of uh, loving films or, or 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 having that experience no, so that is watching elder, other perspectives but, yeah right? exactly and this movie kind of um examines that in a way that feels it doesn't feel didactic it's just kind of matter of fact and it's a part of the character's journey to kind of you know ultimately grow as a person yeah um and and i'm, I'm actually kind of curious like I, I think it would be interesting to follow this character again you know in like college? maybe like yeah. even just five ten years like uh, afterwards that's to cool. see where Make it is. like a before thing yeah chandler do it um, um I, I think that could be cool yeah yeah um or other people in in, in this movie too and see where they're at and, yeah uh and uh where matt and alana and, and stuff like that are at yeah i think each character uh, like has you know a, a solid arc as well like the the b characters and, and side characters and stuff like that too i just had like a really good time yeah those those needle drops are great the comedy is genuinely really funny um and again the time period and the location i think just really uh hits home for us so yeah yeah I, I there's really liked there's a couple of of you know covers that you'll see uh throughout that oh, you'll be yeah. like i remember seeing that movie and store, never yeah. renting it at all um there's an amazing david caruso joke that i couldn't <laughs> stop laughing at uh yeah it, it's just one of those movies where like again you know you know we complain about the continuity but it does get like the the the, the films that you would kind yeah, of see that were ubiquitous vibe, yeah. for for that period is so well down where it's like okay i'd say everything in the video store they absolutely yeah. nail right like the look of it like all of that stuff they absolutely crush it's just when you get out of there and you have to shoot in the real world a little bit yeah um there's more although the manborg poster is in in the video store yeah so maybe they just really like manborg yeah, yeah i guess and and i mean like even some of like the 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 movies where like they have you know hey, the, it, the we don't know if this is in our universe this right. could be a universe where manborg came out in 2000 that's true um so. but but like the employees sort of picks which i kind of liked as well oh, yeah, when I you see that. like don mckellar's last night being put there like i like stuff like that where you know like it feels like okay you know like 
you want to have some of the movies that you really loved kind of represented in your own films I remember and like the, a shout yeah, out. It, that's you know? exactly it, man. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. Uh, one of my favorite things that I've watched so far, I yeah. think. Like really solid little Canadian movie and I uh, can't wait to see what Chandler does next. Yeah, really excited. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five. I really liked it. I'm also going to give it a four out of five. Heck yeah. Um, thank you all for listening or watching. We really do appreciate it. Uh, you guys can check out all of our TIFF reviews right here on Untitled Movie Reviews, uh, either on podcast services or on YouTube. YouTube won't have a video version, but they are available on there in like a pseudo still image video version kind of thing. Uh, once check out our Pinocchio review. <laughs> yeah, we do have reviews out for Pinocchio, Barbarian, uh, what else did we review the other day? Uh, Cobra, well? Kai, Cobra season Kai season five. Um, there's tons of stuff on the channels right now. So uh, your best bet, one-stop shop over on Letterboxd, which is untitled underscore movies. Uh, they should create a Letterboxd for for him as well. For Lawrence Quillen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I would love that. Um, uh, oh, man, if that movie, yeah, when that movie's actually coming out theatrically, they, yeah. like, because I think Chandler was on like a podcast for Letterboxd. Oh, yeah, she was. She yeah. did the Letterboxd podcast recently. Um, so, um, yeah, anyways, uh, rest of my work, untitledmoviepodcast.com. Uh, I'm also Family Feud Canada starts on Monday, September the 12th, 7.30 p.m., Monday through Thursday. I was a writer on this season, uh, so go check that out as well. Follow me on all the social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. I got to go return some videotapes.